We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. Welcome in, Bears fans, to the latest edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears are 7-8. and eight. They're not going to the playoffs. The final podcast of the 2019 season, unfortunately. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I'm usually joined by Aaron Lemming every week, but Aaron is uh, out on vacation for the holidays in Texas. So I want to bring in a writer from the Bear Report to kind of give his thoughts on the Bears so we could kind of have a uh, little bit of a full show today. Joining me now is... You say it, Koshal, from the Bear Report. You say this. How are you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. i just uh, been relaxing and watching some uh, college football the past couple of days and, and into the weekend. But, yeah, man, disappointing season for the Chicago Bears. I thought we'd be doing a podcast where, you know, the Bears would be going into the playoffs. We'd be talking about who their wild card opponent is or, better yet, their, their first-round bye but man, this year has just been a big disappointment for the Bears right from the start, week one, and it's just kind of continued, and now here we are, the regular season finale against the Vikings. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I remember waking up on September 5th, and the Bears' regular season opener, and Chicago seemed like it was ready for a Super Bowl, and the entire season, it's just been like a frustrating roller coaster ride because it's just been so many ups and downs and i guess like the season coming to an end on sunday in minnesota's actually for the better because now we can begin to look ahead and start talking about okay what do we need to do to fix this team yeah i agree like like you said the first day in september the first game it just kind of felt like this team had super bowl aspirations and rightfully so they were confident i mean they all felt like they were a field goal kick away from going on to the divisional round last season against a team who they pretty much beat up pretty good earlier on. And then all off season, we heard about the offense and they come out and they lay 
an egg. They, they, they scored three points against Green Bay and just kind of spiraled all downhill from there. The offense couldn't get going the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, I believe in like the first seven or eight games they had, I think it was like two games in which they threw a touchdown pass, which is crazy to me. Um, and yeah, and now, like you said, I mean, thankfully it's come to an end. We had a little bit of a run here where the Bears kind of went on a streak and won four out of five and kind of gave us some playoff hopes. But man, watching them against Green Bay it was just like, like what happened? They should—that's a game they should have won. You know, you hold Aaron Rodgers to 203 yards. He actually threw 203 yards in both games, which is pretty impressive against the Bears. Uh, and the Bears lost that. Like they—they they lost both of those games. And like the one in Green Bay was really disappointing. You know, to kind of essentially end the Bears' playoff hopes as Minnesota won later on. But then they like they come out against the Chiefs, and it's just like they were so bad against the Chiefs. That was a complete stinker. Everything went wrong. You know, the defense, yeah, they gave up 20-plus points. But I can't put put that on the defense because they the offense was going three and out almost every possession. And, and to go up against a, an offense in the Chiefs, you know, who, who has all these playmakers and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, um, Travis Kelsey, even a little bit of Sammy Watkins, it's like can't put on the defense. But, yeah, what a fitting end, you know, essentially the home schedule. The Bears just completely stink against the Chiefs. Just unreal. Yeah, you know, totally agree. I mean, you look at that Chiefs game and the thing is, I know the Chiefs had more penalties than the Bears and the Bears have just been so undisciplined this year. But I think one of the big difference makers in that game was the fact that the Chiefs were able to overcome their penalties and the Bears haven't been able to do that all year. I mean, yeah, I think that was arguably the Chiefs game was Khalil Mack's best of the season. But, you know... The offense just been the same story week in and week out, where it seems like every time they have a couple nice plays, they shoot themselves in the foot, and then it's like back to square one, where, nope, not going to put anything up on the board besides maybe a field goal. Yeah, first and 10 is already a challenge for this offense, but like when you're committing false starts and holding calls and, and illegal blocks and... I mean, putting your putting your offense in second and twenty, third and you know fifteen, third and twenty, it's like that's an even bigger step for them to overcome, and they just can't do it. And like you said, pretty spot on right there. I mean, look at the Bears in that game. Aaron Lynch neutral zone infraction, seventh of the season, leads the NFL. Then you look and you flip over the offense. You know they kind of get something rolling on a drive, and boom, there's a Charles Leno false start of the Charles Leno holding call, which if I can't believe I, – I think he only, he only has like nine or ten accepted penalties. It feels like he has like 20 to 30 accepted penalties this year. Offensive line has been a complete mess. And even watching like some of the film already, look at these run this run blocking for the Bears. It is just god-awful. And I know they're down a couple of players. Like you have Rashad Coward and Cornelius Lucas on one side of the line. That's a total mismatch. And – it just reared its ugly head. Like the run scheming, the run blocking was just so bad once again. It's like I feel like we really need a good game eventually so we could see David Montgomery's full skill set. Yeah, I really agree. I mean, look, all offseason, David Montgomery was hyped up as like, hey, the Bears have their best running back since Matt Forte. I remember when you and I were in uh, Bourbon A on the final day, Montgomery had like a 15-yard carry, and he's walking back to the sideline. And this was like a couple days after that preseason Panthers game. Uh, but like Montgomery, he's only got like, he's, he hasn't even rushed for 800 yards this year. So really like the run game's been missing, and you can just see as a result, it's just thrown the entire offense off schedule. 
Yeah, and I remember at training camp, I mean, Montgomery looked pretty good for the people that, you know, weren't there and kind of reading all the reports and all that stuff. He looked pretty good. I mean, he had the one player he completely ran over a defensive back. I, I don't even know who it was. I, I doubt they're on the team anymore. And it's like we thought, okay, he'd be a pass catcher out of the backfield, but for whatever reason, they have just not been able to get him going. And, you know, the, everyone says, oh, the Bears don't have a short yardage back. He can be that short yard, that third and one guy. He's shown he can get the first down. It's just the run blocking – and the run scheming has been so bad. It's like, I don't put it all on Matt Nagy to blame. I think, you know, Trubisky deserves some blame. Matt Nagy obviously deserves blame. Um, Ryan Pace deserves his fair share of blame because he's drafting and signing these guys. But it's like my one my, one of my biggest, you know, gripes about Matt Nagy is that he, the run game is just not there for him. And it's, it's multiple things. Like, earlier in the year, he refused to run the football. And then he says, oh, I'm not an idiot. Well, Matt... You know, you, didn't, you only ran the football, what, seven times in one game. You didn't run it enough against the Packers. Um, you know, and the other thing is his run schemes are not very good. What he tries to do with the with the run game is just not very good, uh, whether it's it's poor blocking, poor play design. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the right backs in there. He's got Cohen, you know, kind of going east to west, north to south, and, and all over the place. And he's got Montgomery kind of going east to west when he, he's more of a downhill, north to south runner. So, I want to see that vastly improved. Um, but, yeah, kind of I just want to get your general thoughts. You know, usually Aaron and I kind of talk about the game and what we saw. What did you see against the Chiefs or anything that stood out to you? And and we'll go good or bad. I know there's a lot of bad, but if you want to sprinkle in a lot of good, that works too. We're all about positivity here. I mean, yeah, so I think the only, like I said, the only good that kind of came out of that game was, like, Khalil Mack showed up and finally had a big game because, like, the last few weeks, people have been kind of wondering, like, oh, where's Khalil Mack at? You're paying this guy. This guy's going to be making $23.5 million in 2020. So why isn't he performing like an elite defensive player? Uh, but, you know, just the bad side of it was the fact that, like, the Bears looked like they were building some momentum that first drive of the game. And they get all the way down to, like, the Chiefs' 40-yard line. And then they just had that, like, disastrous – I think it was, like, three different guys ended up fumbling the ball or missing the exchange handoff and essentially what that did was kind of killed any momentum that the bears could have had i mean even trubisky they're just he made so many questionable decisions in that game it's like you really wonder is this guy this guy's going to be on the bears next year but is he going to be the starter we're just gonna have to wait and see yeah that obviously be pretty much the biggest storyline of the offseason is you know he's going to be on the roster they're not going to pay for him to play somewhere else because his contract is fully guaranteed. But the one thing I want is I want, you know, just full competition for him. Give him some competition. And in his career, he's only had, especially Mike Glennon, but we all knew how that was going to go. Trubisky is eventually going to be the guy. And after that, he only had Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray in training camp these last couple of years. So, not much competition, and the job was Trubisky's, you know, even with Bray and Daniel here. I don't, I know they can go to a couple different routes. You can go to quarterback through the draft um, if you want to take one early in the second round, or you can go in the late rounds, um, or you can go to veteran, or maybe you can go to the combo of a veteran and a rookie quarterback. Whatever it is, just bring in some competition and and, and make Trubisky earn and make him fight for his starting job, and, and don't just hand it to him. And, and and who knows? He might not even start. I mean, they might fall in love with some some other quarterback, and that's the quarterback that starts week one. But he's definitely going to be on the roster come week one 
unless there's a crazy surprise cut. And, you know, I, I do see a lot of stuff where, oh, hey, you know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy can't go into week one as Trubisky is their starter. There's no chance, 100% false. I don't know about that. I think there is a slim chance that they go in week one with Trubisky as their starter and they just have a very short leash on him. I mean, if they sign, if they go, if they want to take the risk on someone like Cam Newton or Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota and he doesn't pan out, where are you going to turn to? That's where I hope they get a rookie quarterback because you can do the same thing with Trubisky. Trubisky doesn't play well. You'll know right away how Trubisky is. If, if he's a starter week one, you'll know within the week, first week or two whether or not he's turned things around or um, he's he's the exact same because, I mean, we've seen it this year. I mean, the guy either looks good or he looks bad, really bad. So we'll know week one. It'll just be nice to have that rookie quarterback to kind of fall back on if, if things are starting to go bad because then you can at least see, you know, what what you got in a guy and and maybe what the future holds. But it's going to be a very interesting offseason with the quarterback position. Um, there's going to be a lot of, you know, the Bears have to fix a tight end spot. Um, that's a big one. I mean, they have to get a legit tight end. That can't be taking a flyer on a guy in a draft. That has to be a sure home run. You have to get your tight end this season. Otherwise, this offense is going to look pretty bad again. Because I do think the tight end does do wonders for an offense. If Trubisky kind of had that safety blanket tight end, you know, the offense might have looked a little better um, this season. And I'm pretty sure Trey Burton's going to come back. Um, is there any other needs that you thought of or you're thinking of early on here as we get into the offseason? I mean, yeah, I would say just another need to possibly look at would be edge rusher now Leonard Floyd being a top 10 pick I mean he's just sack totals get lower and lower every year he had seven and a half as a rookie and I think he's got like three and a half or four this year so Floyd like he does impact the game but not living up to his top 10 uh draft status I'd say that you know you add an edge rusher in the draft too maybe like the fourth or fifth round you add someone because you need to get an upgrade over Aaron Lynch who like we mentioned a couple moments ago has been really undisciplined this year and it's cost the Bears and then eventually if you can't play Floyd because you're gonna have to pay guys like Eddie Jackson, Allen Robinson, Roquan Smith in another year or two as well you're gonna need to have another edge rusher opposite Khalil Mack on a cheap rookie contract that you know will produce and just be better than Floyd. Yeah, I mean, the Bears are going to have to pay some guys. They're going to have some offseason decisions to make, you know, coming up this season because this is going to be a very important draft for Ryan Pace because, um, like you like you mentioned, you're going to have to pay some of these guys. Um, you know, these guys are going to be wanting big contracts. Eddie Jackson's a guy who's probably going to command a big contract. Allen Robinson, if you get an extension done with him. Roquan Smith, are you going to pay Tariq Cohen? You're probably not. You're going to pick up the fifth option, fifth-year option on Trubisky because you don't have to fully pay him. It's only full and guaranteed if there is an injury. So, yeah, start. this is going to be a big draft for Ryan Pace, and he's going to have to hit on some picks <clears throat> to kind of replenish that you know depth because you're going to have to move on from Aaron Lynch. There's going to be some other guys that you're going to be moving on from. Haha, Clinton Dix is a free agent coming up after this year. Um you know, Prince of Mukamura could be a cap casualty. Taylor Gabriel's got a they got a decision to make on him. So yeah, it, it's going to be a very interesting offseason and draft for Ryan Pace. Before we get into our Vikings preview, though, I want to let you guys know something about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an official partner 
of the Bear Report podcast. And whether you want to go to a Blackhawks game, a Bulls game, uh, maybe you want to catch a show in Chicago, make sure you go to Vivid Seats. It's a top source for tickets for the events that you want to go to. You can sort by the price, or you can even look by the seats, you know, section row if you have a preference for, you know, maybe a Bulls or Blackhawks game or a theater somewhere in Chicago. You can do that all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called the Vivid Seats Rewards. Every time you make a purchase, you earn credit back for future purchases, and it's perfect. I mean, you buy something one day, you want to go to a show later on, you just pop that credit right in, get a nice discount there. All you have to do is go to the App Store, Google Play Store, and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Nothing else to be done. It's easy. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts in Chicago, hottest theater shows, and more. Sporting events, the Bears are done. Uh, they hosted their last regular season game. So maybe you want to check out the Bulls rebuilding or check out the Blackhawks on their way to another top five pick in the NHL draft. Just download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. When it is that time for you to buy, make sure you use the promo code OVERTIME. It's a special promo code for the Overtime Media Network here. It's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E at checkout. You can receive a discount of up to $100 on your first purchase. Once again, it's a Vivid Seats app. Make sure you go and check that out and download it. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. All right, you said, um, I want to talk a little bit about here about the Vikings game. Since we talked, you know, about the offseason already, um, we'll have plenty more talk coming up in future episodes. What's kind of one thing you're looking forward to going into this game for the Bears, even though there's really nothing on the line? I mean, so I'm looking for some of the younger guys to step up. I know that Prince of Mucamara, I believe, is listed as questionable. Taylor Gabriel, Eddie Goldman, obviously. These guys are out with injuries. So I think this is a good opportunity for the bears to kind of get a look at some of the younger players on the roster granted it's one game but still great chance to kind of look at some of the younger guys and say hey who do we think can be a part of this team going into 2020 and well beyond yeah and and today the bears did you know we're recording this on a friday here the bears did rule out taylor gabriel they ruled out eddie goldman they ruled out akeem hicks no shockers there gabriel's fourth for the fifth week now with a concussion, that's not very good. Goldman left the game um, against the Chiefs, and he also has a concussion, so he's been in protocol, couldn't get cleared. And then Akeem Hicks, you know, he came back and played against the Packers, fought through the pain, but it makes no sense to play him. Just rest him, sit him down for next season. Because remember, I believe it was, what, 2011, 2012? One of the years the Bears were out of the playoffs, and Brian Erlocker got hurt, completely tore up his knee. It's like you don't need that in Week 17 if you're the Bears. Uh, Bobby Massey's also doubtful. Rashad Coward's doubtful. Prince Mukamura's questionable. And Bilal Nichols was obviously limited today, but that's a Friday. As always, he's going to play. So a couple of you know younger guys here we could see. I mean, Rashad Coward out. I'm guessing Ted Larson will get the start. But in the second half, we could see a player like Alex Bars come in and fill, fill in for Larson 
because this is a great chance for the Bears to evaluate the talent that they have on their roster right now and and see for next season because this is the last live game action you're going to get. So why not use this as an evaluation process? I'd like to see Bars maybe you know come in at guard for the second half. I don't know if you're opposed to that or if you'd like to see that as well. I mean, I'd love to see, I agree with you, I'd love to see Alex Bars come in, get some reps, even if it's just one or two series, because the thing is, it's like, look, this is a guy who stayed with the Bears because his offensive line coach, Harry Einstein, is here, stayed with the Bears instead of going to the Patriots, but another guy that I'd love to see get some reps at nickel would be cornerback Duke Shelley. I mean, this was a guy that I thought was a steal for the Bears in the sixth round of the 2019 draft. Hasn't gotten tons of time to play. Has been inactive a lot of the season. So this is a great opportunity for Duke Shelley as well to kind of see what he can do because Buster Screen's not here in the long term. And so get a guy like Shelley in there. Even Kevin Tolliver in for Prince of Mucamara. Like it's basically right now the Bears cornerbacks are like Kyle Fuller and everyone else kind of going next year. So get some of these younger guys reps to see what they can do. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Bears kind of have some options there because, you know, Buster Screen's been fine. But like you said, he's not going to be your you know, your your nickel corner of the future, barring just a complete uptick in his play. Uh, that's something against him. He's been fine this year for the Bears. It's just, you know, they invested the draft pick into Duke Shelley. And, you know, if if they want to on Sunday, they could even, you know, find a way to, to kind of slot, um, slot screen onto the outside and then move Shelley into that nickel role. Um, but then you're, you know, you're not giving plenty of time to Kevin Tolliver. So what I imagine they're going to do is I think we're going to see Kevin Tolliver start opposite of Kyle Fuller if Amukamura does not play. Screen will be in the slot for at least a half. Um, I think that in the second half, we could see some changes. They could move screen to the outside um, and give Shelly some run in the, in the slot, or they could just replace him in the slot with, with Duke um, by himself for the full second half. I expect there will be some moves made to kind of give, you know, some of these younger guys some run. And then up front, you know, with Eddie Goldman out, you're going to have some more opportunities here for Robertson Harris. Um, uh, Nick Williams might get some run. He's kind of been a big bonus for, for you this year. Um, and then Bilal Nichols, I'd like to see a little more from him. I thought he had a fine game against the Chiefs, but I think that hand injury earlier in the year, you know, kind of kind of hurt his play, and he just kind of wasn't the same. I expect him to take a big jump in his sophomore season. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. if there's, uh, there's not really any other guys I can think of. I don't know if you had any other names. Maybe Ryan Nall, maybe see a little more out of him. Um, Riley Ridley, too. That's another guy I want to see a little more run. Um from this season, this final game. Yeah, definitely. I think just one more name to add on to that was kind of emerged this year, but not really would be JP Holtz. Now I don't view Holtz as being tight end one for this team going into 2020, but I definitely think like he has showed some potential when he's played this year. So you can obviously be just like a second, third, you know, like a second or third string guy that you keep on the roster on a cheap contract. Cause like, like I said, he's shown some potential. I think that you're probably moving on from Adam Shaheen as soon as you get a chance or as soon as like February and March roll around. So Holtz is a guy that I think you do want to see play the entire game just so you get some extra reps. Even Jesper Horstead, who's shown his flashes this year, especially in that Lions game on Thanksgiving where he caught the one touchdown that was a momentum swinger. Those are just like two guys that I would love to see play the entire game on Sunday. 
Yeah, I think Holt has been fine. They've used him kind of as that blocking tight end and that and that blocking fullback in some plays. I don't think yeah, I don't think he has a future on this team. Maybe Horstead's a third string tight end for the future. They need a complete overhaul um, for tight end because it's just the production has not been there. Adam Shaheen's gone after this season. Trey Burton will be back because of the cap hit that they'd have to take to cut him. And and, and I you know I do get the frustrations with Burton. I understand. At the same time, though, I think Burton really is still injured big time this year. And, and we kind of saw it week one, he missed the game. And then after that, he just didn't look the same. I think a fully healthy Burton is better than what we've seen. I just think he's got to get fully healthy. And if he can't, that's going to be an all-time free agent bust signing because he didn't play in the playoff game. They desperately missed him. And he didn't play in week one this season after suffering injury. And the whole way they treated him in the offseason with, um, you know, kind of keeping it – you know, quiet and will will he practice? Will he play? Blah blah blah. Nagy really didn't re- reveal too much on that. Um, but other than that, there's not really any other guys that I kind of want to see besides those that we mentioned um, <clears throat> on the younger front here to kind of give a chance. And once again, like I'll say, I mean, this is an evaluation game. This is your last chance to evaluate talent here in game speed. There's a difference in evaluating talent in an NFL game and through practices. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy probably should should use this time um, to evaluate their talent. Uh, before we go on to our next segment and preview the Vikings game, we're going to take a quick break, hear from another one of our sponsors. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Bearport Podcast. Your host, Zach Pearson here. I'm joined by Usaid Kushal, who is filling in for Aaron. Um, Aaron is in Dallas for vacation for the holidays. So I kind of want to get your thoughts here before we move on to the Vikings. Do you, in your eyes, and I'll tell you what I think, do you, in your eyes, do you expect any changes to the coaching staff at all this offseason? I mean, yes and no. And I think Chuck Pagano is going to be back because the guy's done a phenomenal job because a lot of his good play, a lot of the key defensive players have been injured. Mark Helfrich, I honestly don't know about. You know, that's just a really tough one. That if he does get fired, I won't be surprised. But if he stays, I, I won't be surprised either. Um, big guy, though, I think is going to be Chris Tabor. He's the special teams coordinator. I honestly see him being fired because, like I said, special teams has just been so undisciplined this year. The only bright spot really has been Cordero Patterson. And so you kind of have to wonder, like, what's going to happen with Tabor? Yeah, I... I think there will be a fall guy at this offense. I, I'm hearing, you know, people reports, oh, um, Brad Chillis won't come down and be the offensive coordinator. Well, yeah, he was never going to be the offensive coordinator. He was never going to come in and call plays. He's just a consultant. He's an offensive assistant. We haven't seen him at all around Hallis Hall, anything like that in game days. So, no, that's pretty obvious. He's not going to come down and, and be the offensive coordinator. That was never going to happen. Um, now, yeah, now watch that actually happen, and I look like a fool on this podcast. But, no, I think there will be a fall guy. I think it's going to be Mark Helfrich. Um, I could kind of see the Bears telling him earlier on, maybe a couple weeks ago, hey, why don't you start looking for some college jobs, kind of exploring around, blah, blah, blah. I don't know who they're going to bring in to be the offensive coordinator. Um, I haven't really done a lot of research you know, if they do move on from Helfrich, I'm not reporting anything, not saying anything. This is just all hypothetical here. If they do move on from him, I haven't really done enough research to know who would be good fill-in um, for the offensive side of the football. But I think the main thing is Matt Nagy's guy that has to give up play-calling duties. Or he's going to have someone help him big time with play-calling duties because it's been a struggle for him this season. And it just cannot go on like this uh, next season. As far as Tabor, I 
don't know if they're necessarily going to move on from him. My thinking is, you know, we heard Nagy praise him last season, said he, he did a phenomenal job for last year, and I actually thought the Bears special teams last year was way worse. Um, you do bring up the point, yeah, Cordell Patterson's been the big bright spot. I think they're going to bring back Pinero. Um, everything that Matt Nagy and Chris Tabor have said is is a vote of confidence for Pinero so far this past week, so I, I believe he will be back. But, yeah, the special teams blocking is just in the penalties has just not been there. It's been brutal. Um I could see Tabor getting fired. I'd probably put it at 60-40. He's not. Um, other than that, though, yeah, I don't really see any other big changes, you know, on this team, um, coaching-wise or personnel-wise. I think it's going to be uh, Matt Nagy's going to have to, you know, kind of give up the play-calling duties or find someone who can come in and call plays for next season because, it's it, like I said, it's been a big struggle for him. Let's go into our um, Vikings preview here. Like I said, the Bears really have nothing to play for. Vikings are locked into the sixth seed. They really don't have anything to play for. Mike Zimmer came out and pretty much said, yeah, you know, we're probably going to rest our starters. We're going to treat this as a bye week because we want to get ready. They're going to, you know, have a team. They have to go on the road for the first – for all the playoffs. Sorry. But they do advance to be on, for, on the road for all the playoffs. I don't know what to think of this game. I, I know, like we said it earlier in the open, kind of thank God the season's over with. It's been dreadful. But it also makes you sad because now we got to wait nine more months until Bears football um, after this Sunday. Uh, yeah, you know, nine months. But I think nine, if, if they make some of the right moves in the offseason, I'll be happy to wait nine months, especially at the quarterback position, to kind of see what this team can do. But like you said, it's just a game where it's like, no one's really both teams are not playing for anything so it's just I just have a feeling it's going to be a really boring game because you're going to end up seeing like second and third stringers probably just end up playing most of the second half of the game I mean I remember last year when the Bears were playing the Vikings in week 17 the Vikings were fighting for a playoff spot the Bears had already locked up a playoff spot and what happened is in the second half it was just all it was like the Vikings first string against the Bears second and third string which obviously turned into a very boring game group but the only positive thing was that the Bears won yeah I mean the Bears had really nothing to play for there they already knew I mean LA would have would have to have lost. I think it was San Francisco who was really bad last season, and that wasn't going to happen. But, yeah, this is kind of one of those games. I call it a house-cleaning game because you could just kind of have it on the background, watch a little bit, and get some stuff done around the around the place. I mean, that's ought to be in the live chat and stuff, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners and a lot of our readers will be kind of doing other things during the game just because of there's, there's nothing uh, – really to play for for the Bears. Let me get your – me and Aaron usually do this. We usually do a prediction in a X factor. So I'll ask you for yours. I'll put you on the spot right here. You said, what is your prediction for the game? And give me an X factor. So I know the Bears don't go down without a fight, but I'm going to go ahead and say the Vikings win 23-14. to 14. And then I think the X factor is obviously going to be the penalties and who's the more disciplined team. I mean, Minnesota, they've been penalized much more than the Bears, but – um. You know, they've just been a more consistent offense. So I think that that's going to be the difference this week. Yeah, I'm actually going to think say that the Bears are going to win this one, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Bears are going to play most, their starters for most of the game um, outside a couple of the backups. I think it's going to be close, though. I think it'll be like 16-13, 17-13. I'd lean towards the Bears. Um, get to 8-8, eight and eight, don't have the losing season. You know, for my X-Factor... I'm going to go with Mitchell Trubisky. I know it's an easy one, but 
I don't know, man. It's just so like it's. I want to see something done about the quarterback position going into next year, and this is kind of one of his last chances to show I'm still growing, I'm still developing. Um, they're not going to close the book on him right away. He's not going to be off the team. So if he shows up and plays a good game, I think the Bears win. If he shows up and just you know treats us to one more stinker, um, this is going to be very frustrating for Bears fans. And and one more time in 2019. So. We'll see how that goes. I don't think he'll get replaced in the game unless he's hurt, obviously. There's no need to replace him. You're not Chase Daniels, not your future. Tyler Bray's not your future. And while Mitchell Trubisky probably isn't your future and definitely not your future franchise quarterback, you'd still rather see what you got in him and hope maybe he catches fire and takes that into the um into the off season. You said thank you again for joining me. Um where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yeah guys, so you can follow me on Twitter at Usain Colshaw. Uh, always tweeting about all bear stuff so if you see one of my tweets go ahead and interact with it and i'll be happy to answer whatever questions you have about some of the stuff that i post on there perfect yeah and you can you can read his work on the bear report we have a ton of off-season stuff coming out monday is actually the first day that we'll have off-season coverage we'll have it throughout the week um pretty much through january february march april may we'll have it all covered on the bear report you can follow me on twitter at zach z-a-c-k underscore pearson um you can read me on the bear report all the other guys do a fantastic job uh you can and you can rate review and subscribe this podcast on all major podcasting platforms please do that helps us out helps us show out helps us all grow and it means bigger things to the site say thank you one more time again for joining me man i know it's kind of short notice uh i gave you the uh the message about the podcast we'll have to have you on again um during the off season it'll be some good banter between you me and aaron yeah absolutely thanks for having me on zach no problem and uh, everyone will be back next week to recap the season and get the off season stuff going thanks again for listening to the bearport podcast Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.